when you describe success, it's really using an imagination. And that imagination takes you up or takes you down and doesn't flatline. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. Hey, we're going to continue our uh, leadership series here with Jim Robinson. You guys may know him as CEO and uh, president of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. They're our sponsor. Of course, we love having Jim on because he has a ton of insight, a lot of experience, and some great advice. Today, we're going to be talking about the top five ways you can show appreciation uh, and value to your team want to make sure that those guys are happy, that they know that they're valued, that we appreciate them. And so in turn, they will do the same to your clients. It's not rocket science. You treat your employees the best you can and help them to be successful. They will do the same for your clients. So check it out. You don't want to miss this. Before that, here's a word from our sponsor. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. We are continuing our leadership series with Jim Robinson. Uh, he's the CEO of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I'm glad to have you back. We need we need some good thought leadership. Well, well you guys could be the judge if it's good or not, but I've got plenty, <laughs> plenty to say and offer. That's, that's true. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, five ways to make your team feel valued uh, or appreciated. And I think it's important for everyone out there or every, everyone who's in a leadership position to, uh, you know, for them to be able to, to do this. I always say it's happy team, happy clients. We talk about that all the time. Definitely got to have your team on, on, uh, on board going in a good direction. I mean, there is uh, obviously there's ups and downs for everybody. For sure. But yeah, you got you to gotta get them focused. Before we dive into that, I always like to give everyone the opportunity to get to know who you are. And uh, so I wanted to, and we talked about this the other day, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell everyone who you are. Well, I'm Jim Robinson. I'm president, CEO, founder of CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. I started this company in 1985. 1985. Good Lord, that's been a long time. Long time. I'm a uh, life coach, uh, business strategist, author, leader, entrepreneur, real estate guy. That's uh, kind of where I spend my time. So Coaching and growing people is my passion. I spend a, a lot of time in that space with various groups. Uh, I'm also chairman of a board for a transitional living center. 
I spend some time doing that. So that's really who Jim Robinson is or isn't. But it's uh, all of those things gives me, you know, 20, 30 hours worth of occupied time each week and uh, bored the rest of the time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you bored, Jim. <laughs> True statement. True You're statement. always on the go. You've got something to do. Creative minds are never bored. That's yeah, a fact. As a fact. Okay, well, before we hop into this topic in depth, and even before that, I wanted to, we always talk about, you know, getting the opportunity for people to get to know you. And I love to talk about education. We talk about, you know, leaders or readers. That's a big deal for us, I know, here in our culture. And uh, so I want to give everyone the opportunity to hear what you're reading right now. So just this morning, actually, I started reading The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm. And uh, I'm confident I've read it before, probably many years ago at this point. But so that's why I started this morning. So I'm only a couple chapters in and uh seems like it'll be a short read, but pretty straightforward. But uh, definitely was uh, it resonated as though I've already read it. So it's, uh, if I'm reading it again, no problem. But yeah, Richest Man in Babylon. That's a, By the way, that's a book recommended in most leadership circles. It's one of the books that you should have on your lineup. You definitely should participate in it. And it has to do with money. I do. I have that on my list. Uh, I, I have read it. I need to reread it. It's been a, it has been a while. That's one of the earlier books I read. But it's been a second. And you go through it again. It is a good book. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about top five ways that, uh, you know, to, to help your team feel valued or appreciated. And I think it's... Um, a don't kill them. I mean, don't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them alive. They feel appreciated. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, for you, I, I would love to hear you, what your top thing is that you, that is a Jim Robinson hashtag copyrighted move for, <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it, it really is trying, not trying. I do. I figure them out. I figure people out. I spent some time with them just last week. I did a coaching session about mirroring and mimicking, getting in rapport, Rapport is so critical. You got to be able to get in rapport, whether you're interviewing or the people have been here for 20 years. If you're not in rapport, you're not going to have a connection. So you got to get in rapport. You got to connect. That's really where I focus my initial couple of minutes uh, with somebody, get in rapport. And one of two things happen. Uh, it's Maybe it's to be uncomfortable for a minute for a, for a change or growth. Otherwise, it's you know strictly feeling warm and family-oriented. Uh, so there's really just one of two ways, and that's really what I do. I get in rapport. That's a big focus. I teach. I coach it. It's uh, something I practice. It's actually amazing just being able to do that, what a difference they can make with being able to connect with someone. I know that we've talked see, about this. Yeah. And for, for me, my belief is it's the only way to make a difference. Because if you're not in rapport, we've all done this, but you start talking right away to somebody, you know, training or, or meeting a new client or whatever the opportunity may be, even with your significant other for the evening out at dinner. If you're not in rapport, one, you're getting shut out. You're not going to be able to have a very good conversation. It's going to be very limited. You're not going to be able to share data. One, you're not going to hear them. They're not going to hear you. It, it doesn't matter who it is. You have to get into rapport. Yeah, I agree 100%. One of the other things I thought about is uh, we've both been around some great speakers, some great leaders, you know, and they all have a certain way of speaking to people. Like how they speak seems to make a difference. And I think it's maybe their, their cadence, their tonality, but you do this really well too. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, well, because everybody you're speaking to learns differently, right? They're either, you know, kinesthetic, visual, 
auditory and everybody in the room isn't going to all be auditory. And so being able to teach or inspire or coach or mentor somebody in a room when you're up front giving a speech and they happen to be kinesthetic and you don't have a hammer and nails with you, that's tough. So you have to use your cadence. You have to go up in octaves, down in octaves. You have to get very slow and you can talk to somebody else. Or you got to get really fast and you got to get very boisterous. You got to get loud. And you can usually capture most in the room if you do that. So you do got to go up. You got to speed up. You got to slow down. And uh, John Maxwell does this about how to catch you is, you know, there's a couple of stories. Then there's a little bit of content. And there's a five-minute story. Then there's a little bit of content. And I've always done this even before I met John Maxwell was because you have to capture them. And emotionally, you can capture people with a good story has to be real, has to be 100% authentic. And if it is, and it's heartfelt, I mean, I've cried, I've done everything uh, because uh, you just feel that emotion. People sitting in front of you will feel that emotion. It's, It's really important, authentic, totally real, not a fabricated story. And then they'll, they'll hear you. But uh, keep in mind, everybody in the room has a very different way of learning visual, auditory, kinesthetic. If you have a pass around, you have a, uh, you have something you can look at, uh, and then change your octaves. And if I have a small group, if I have 10 or 20 people, I'm looking for shiny eyes. I'm looking for shiny eyes. And as I watch the group, uh, I'll usually go and get in front of the one where I don't have shiny eyes. I'll usually walk straight over to them. I'm like, where'd you go? Can you come back? Where can I go with you? I'll just ask them some simple question. It breaks the pattern and uh, gets them back. And they may check out again because they're not auditory. They're kinesthetic or they're visual. So I'll be visual. I'm a pretty big guy. I get right in front of you. And <laughs> that's a big visual. You do that. You do that well. I do that well. You do that well. What about like one-on-one? I think it's also, I mean, speaking in front of groups is a big deal, but when you're really entrenched to that one-on-one conversation, that's, I mean, you're great at that. I can, uh, I can do different things in conversation. <laughs> it's, uh, I was really trained well by my father. Uh, my father was a minister, and he had lots of people that he had to talk with from time to time, counsel and otherwise. We weren't privy to all those types of conversations, but I definitely watched him deliver sermons and, and minister to folks. And today I know where I get that gift from, and it's that's where I got it. My father taught me how to do that, not knowing probably at the time. He wasn't intentionally doing that. But uh, anyways, that's that's why I speak. And that's people that have uh, been around me know I'm all heart. And uh, sometimes my heart gets a little raw and uh, gets stepped on, but it doesn't matter. It's really who I am. And so I can do that very, very close and quaint and one-on-one in my office, or I can do it in a group. And uh, that's, that's who I am. I think this kind of goes to what you said in the beginning, but one of my, uh, one of my favorite leaders, he's a good author and Jack Welch. He was, I liked him because he always was so candid, but he would say that for him, it was about really getting to know his team, like getting in the skin, uh, underneath the skin of, of their team. And I know you talked so many times about, you know, having a, a diverse team and really enforcing the gifts that people have. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that and, and what your beliefs are about that. I, I believe you got to have a deep relationship. I don't, I don't like just to touch the surface. That's not who I am. 
uh, I'm not a good fit for those types of relational people. It's uh, I, I got to go deep. I got to connect. I got to know. Uh, if you've ever heard me talk of other people after I meet somebody, uh, if I got a wow factor, the very first thing I say is, wow, that person's intelligent or that person is brilliant. They usually give some kind of a phrase to that, but because I'm moved by the connection and that's usually how I describe them. So I deliver that same thing and people on my team certainly know my heart and it's, I'm very I'm very frank and candid. I, I don't sugar things. I'm super authentic. And doing that, people will open to you. Uh, I learned of a, a grandmother passing yesterday at you know, eight in the morning. And I didn't know, but I happened to just walk in and I got every, you know, all the entire story. Um, but that's because we're connected and the group in you know, close to me, we're just really connected. And so we have very open there's no reservations in the conversations. Yeah. Certainly, I think it's an acquired skill. It's something that takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of, a lot of trust to do that. All right. Well, we're running against a commercial break. We're going to thank our sponsors. Hey, so, let's do that. Let's do that. We'll be right back. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. All right, guys, we are back. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Jim Robinson, of course. Hey. And uh, we were talking about the top five ways to show your team that you, that you value them or, or you appreciate them. And uh, I wanted to throw, uh, there's one of those things that you can demonstrate is a lot of trust. And Jim's amazing at this. I think this is a core value of him. And we just got done talking about getting to know your team and then and being authentic. And I think that takes a lot of trust to do that. But uh, I wanted to kind of see uh, what your thoughts are, are, are around trusting your team. I think it's one of the things that makes them feel the most valued. And, uh, and that, I know that's a big deal for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I go back to a very long time ago, 30 years ago, I learned that uh, on my own discovery that everybody is really kind of born feeling inadequate and really feeling not worthy, not, uh, you know, shouldn't get, shouldn't have. And that's the way people go through life. And when I, when I really took a deep dive on that and learned about it, I'm like, wow, that's, that's really all you got to do is one, change that story about, you know, your beliefs of, you know, feeling less than or feeling inadequate or not deserving of. And so I do that. I go out of my way to make sure people, one, they understand why I'm here. And I, I always say I'm here to serve you. Uh, I'm not here to serve the clients. I'm sorry, clients. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to lead these folks because they do amazing work and I trust them 100% to do that. And that's really tapping into that feeling of inadequacy. Uh, they become super adequate when they get around us. And it's uh, one, they get authority very quickly. Uh, we give them the, the empowerment to make decisions. We tell them how to make those decisions. I trust you 100%. You're going to make mistakes. And ownership is the magic to building that trust. So do what you're going to, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Do it 100%. That'll build trust. Uh, serve the community. That'll build trust. Be authentic. That'll build trust. And if you screw any of those things up, you'll lose every piece of trust you've ever developed. 
and then it becomes a battle to climb out of the hole again. So give it and you'll receive it back. What you give is what you get. And so you got to trust. Yeah. One of the things I, I like what you say is that you don't have to earn trust. It's, it's just given. You just give it. You, yeah, just, you give just give it. it. If you, if you want to get it back, you got to give it freely. And yeah, you're going to have challenges, no doubt. But we're in leadership roles. We're not here to be sainthood. We're here to lead. And it's we gotta we gotta lead. And we have to trust to be able to lead. And that's critical. And I, I've heard so many managers, particularly new managers, this person doesn't trust me. I, you know, I've I've earned my rights, and you know, that's just a bunch of crap. It's you haven't earned anything. If you have to tell people what you've earned, you've earned nothing. So it's uh, it's literally you you earn it by doing and being, and then you'll have it. Yeah, I think that's huge. Leaders really have to understand that, uh, and and the teams uh, and, and trying to help them, they all need to understand that as well. Yeah, it was a couple years ago that this happened, but I remember we were in a restaurant, we we're having a team meeting, and <laughs> you pull out this card. And on this card is a quarter on this card. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what in the world is going on? And so we, we have this meeting and you go through and uh, you hand out the card and, and basically say, hey, I'm always here. I'm always available for you. Call me when you need me. Now, this would have been super awesome if it was 1980 because <laughs> there was payphones everywhere. <laughs> but the point was not lost. You know what I mean? It was cool because, and I still have that quarter. I still have that, that card. And uh, I've definitely used it more than once. But I think it goes to, to the point that being available, being accessible, and, and being there for your team is one of those things that makes them feel the uh, super valued. Yeah. So time has no barrier on an emotional attachment. Definitely not. <laughs> and age may determine their level of interpretation of of you know the statement or the or the gesture or the metaphor. Age may have some bar you know barrier there, but uh, for the most part, age has nothing to do with your emotion, and that's really what it's about. It's wanting to connect to people right away. To this day, I carry that same card. There it is. At all times. I carry that in my briefcase. Here's the stack. As you can see, it's an entire stack. It's in my briefcase at all times. And there is, sometimes there's an opportunity just to say, listen, I got your back. No matter what happens, you can call me at any time. I'm there for you. I may not have the answer, but I also have a quarter and I can call somebody else that does have the answer. So it, metaphorically, that's all yeah. it is. Of course, there's Great. no pay phones anymore. Good Lord. I remember when pay phones were a dime, by the way. I should have gave you a dime. <laughs> it would have been cheaper with the cards. I remember but. when they were a dime. But so it, it's an emotional it's an emotional thing. And when you impact somebody that quickly, you can connect to them. You can get an instant report of them. And when you get in rapport, you can have a very candid conversation. You increase the comfort level instantaneously. I met a couple the other day. I was out in Lake Havasu City. I was out there to look at uh, a property. And as I met this couple, it was like we've known each other for 40 years. We had similarities, got some commonalities in things. And it literally took us two minutes. And my wife was with me, Christy was with me. And as we drove away about 45 minutes later, she's like, wow, have we not known those people forever? I mean, it was a great observation. So 
connect to people very quickly, find the commonalities. If you don't have the commonalities, make something work. And I use the quarter. I got your back. For any employee that comes in, they get to feel that. I got your back. I come to work every day to make sure I can provide a space for you to work tomorrow. It's up to you to make sure you serve the client. I'm going to serve you. <laughs> That's a great story. And see, it works because I haven't, I, I will not ever forget <laughs> that quarter. And I still have it. Yeah. That's awesome. You have those. I didn't even know that you had those. <laughs> it's a moment. <laughs> it's cool. They're guys. sitting here on my desk and they're in my, and they're in my uh, briefcase at all times. <laughs> so crazy. Okay. So I want to ask you a question about appreciating your team's efforts. Now, I know this is something that um, a lot of leaders try to figure out how to do, um, whether it's some kind of reward system or whatever. And, and I'm not so sure that that's really the best way to do it, but I wanted to kind of get your advice for leaders out there on what you think is the best way to do this. Well, emotionally connecting to people is the greatest thing in the world. It's what makes you want to come back. It makes you want to be you know, with them. It makes you want to serve with them alongside them. It makes you want to collaborate because there's a level of comfort. There's a lot of pros to that. If you look at the, the federal studies on the United States studies on where money falls in the business, it's number 10. And there's no, there's no really secret to that. It's because it's understood money's a bribe. And that's how I see it. That's how I teach and coach regularly. A paycheck is a bribe. And it has very little value other than it pays the bills on Friday or Monday, you know, whatever that means. But that's really what money is. And so if you incentivize, if you just say, here, here's a, you know, 500 bucks, it buys a TV, a tank of gas and a dinner. It's still just a bribe and it doesn't have any emotional attachment to it. It's gone. There's no, you know, sentimental part of that. So it's really just a bribe. It has a very short life. So money's not the answer getting it right and, you know, finances. And that's a different topic for another day, but saving the money. I know the government's giving a bunch of stimulus money. out. I, I think it's coming out again. I don't even know. What? Really? <laughs> they want everybody to spend the money. Everyone's hold on to it. They want everybody to spend it, but nobody should be spending this money. You should be socking it away because most folks don't have that kind of money and go, go invest it, go hide it, go, go stick it in a sock drawer, put it in a Mason jar in the backyard, whatever you have to do hold on to that money because there's another time coming that you will need it. And maybe, maybe you don't need it as much today. So money's a bribe. And, um, and I, that's how I see it. Yes. Everybody has to make a living. And I say your hands will do that. It'll pay your rent and do whatever you would need it to do, but it won't go beyond until you learn how to serve somebody else. You, you really truly won't have much money. You will survive. And that's uh, that's a level two survival skill. Awesome. You had, and I read this, you were on a roll the other day with your food for thought, by the way. They were just coming. (laughs) You had a good one. And I thought it was interesting. And I think I felt like it related um, because of the mindset that employees have uh, or team members have. Um, And it said, uh, if it's true, we have 60,000 thoughts per day and more to 80% of them are negative. How are you managing the process? And you also went on to say the, the wealthy are not always the smartest, but they all read daily. They do things consistently, have written plans and goals. And most important, they execute on their plans. So how do you think that leaders help their teams in this process? Well, the open discussion, candid conversations about these things, because we, we set a standard around here. Monday, you, you have to send in a goal for the week. Friday, you have to describe what that goal, how, how it went. Did you succeed? Did you have to push it a week? Did, you know, what does that mean? There's also a couple other questions. One is, what did you experience that was unique? And what did you learn that was unique? 
it's not the fact that we are asking those questions and requiring folks to turn this stuff in because sometimes people just don't. Some people will cut and paste. Some people will come up with different things. It's planting that seed in the employee's brain so they continually think about it. And if they don't do it, they're thinking about it. So it's impacting their lives at a very profound level because it never leaves their thought. Whether they carry through or not is really a moot point. Yes, it tells me who's going to serve at a good level, who's going to carry through for the customer. It gives me some very good insight as to follow through. But that's not the that's not the reason. It's it's to continually plant those seeds. You must journal. You must write. You must be observing continually what unique things you've learned and opportunities you've been exposed to to seize that moment and then be able to set write a goal. I ask for one. I presume everybody has a few. Ninety seven percent of the world doesn't journal or write goals. Ninety seven percent. They're the poorest compared to the 3% that do all these things. So we know the numbers, we know how it works. So push your teams to write goals, talk about goals, call it something else. If the word goal is a threat, call it a result. What do you want for the week? What do you want? What's the outcome? Call it something. So it's, you know, more comfortable for them. People like to be comfortable, but find a way to do that. And I guarantee you, it'll never leave their thoughts. It will not leave their thoughts. They will have a different life because you're impacting that. Whether or not they actually write it is is yet to be seen, but it changes them. I love that. You brought up something about success, and we've talked about this too. And I think in doing all these things, success is a, a result, right? But you have to plan for it. And I think it's also important that leaders kind of help their team to get the results they're looking for. Uh, and I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts around success for your team. Yeah. So we talk about, I use that word a lot. And I also say that it's from an imagination. So it's when you describe success, it's really using an imagination. And that imagination takes you up or takes you down and doesn't flatline. So imagination doesn't just sit and flatline and then spike. It goes down or it goes up. And when you ask people to write out what success means. Usually the first time you ask this question, it's insane the writing you'll get. You'll get a one-liner and you could probably pick the magazine or the book that it came from. And then you'll get, say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through this exercise again. Here's what I want you to think about. Let's write down exercise, you know, success. What does that mean? And then we get something more profound. They go a little bit deeper. And then usually on the second or third, fourth time, sometimes, because I, I, it's not the fact we're writing this, it's the fact that we want people to think. We want them to think differently. So we use these exercises for that reason. Um, but I, I just ask, you know, what does it mean? What is it? How do you lessen the rules to feel successful? If it's from your imagination, faith or fear is all imagination. So is success. And when you start comparing to competitors, you compare to, you know, the Jones down the street, I can tell you what success looks like. It looks like a giant failure in your own eyes, in your own mirror. And so if you do the comparison thing, it's toxic. Don't do that. But set your own standards, but lessen the rules. Remember, kindergarten was a lot of fun. (laughs) It was a lot of fun because there wasn't a lot of rules. So make success fun. It shouldn't be scary. You are worthy. You got to work at it. Define it. It's just your imagination. What does success look like? That's awesome. All right. We're going to be wrapping up here. 
Really? Keep already? Going forever. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to keep going. Let's it go. goes for, it goes, it goes quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so final thoughts uh, and advice for leaders when it comes to making your team feel valued. To summarize it. Well, connect to, connect to them. You've got to find a way. We always use, we say the 80-20 rule. 80% of your time in a leadership role is impacting lives or being impacted by somebody else's life. 20% is doing those things that you just don't want to do that have to be done because they're a part of your role. Use the 80-20. 20% of your time is painful. The other 80% is engaging people. Otherwise, you're not a leader at all. So don't get confused on that. Stay focused. Get in rapport with the folks and get them to open. Talk to them. Go deep in the conversations. Be connected to them. Spend time. Give them your heart. Absolutely give them your heart. You have to tear some walls down. You have to become a little vulnerable, but give them your heart. That's where love's at. That's where all the connection's at. You have to be vulnerable and raw. You have to trust. You'll get hurt on this journey of leadership. It is a lonely corner office, as they say sometimes. But the connection is so profound when you do that. That's leadership. You got to own it. Awesome. Great advice from Jim Robinson. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Glad to be here today. I'm glad to have you back. Always great content. Value bombs everywhere for everyone who's listening. I love that. Uh, and what's next for Jim? What do you got going? What's on your agenda, buddy? What do you got coming up? Well, it is Friday. It is Friday. So I get to work tomorrow. That's how exciting that is. <laughs> it's another day that ends in Y, and that's a heck of an opportunity. And it's uh, usually quite peaceful, actually. So I get a lot accomplished. Uh, next week, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. Uh, then I'm back in Phoenix, and I'm up north, and then I'm back, and then I'm in Dallas for a week. And then, That's right. Uh, we're going to Entree, Entree leadership, leadership Summit, Dave Ramsey's uh, Leadership Summit. Um, and so excited to go see all my friends there that I've been seeing for the last six or eight years. Good, good times. So lots of education on the horizon. Keep reading. Stay educated. Plot your course and, and classes. Focus. I'm in, I'm excited to to be there with you. I'm I'm super grateful that we have the opportunity and you give us that uh, education opportunity yeah. um, because it's a big deal. And uh, so yeah, man, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. Thank you for being on the show today. Can't wait to have you back on. We'll get that schedule right away. Awesome. And uh, for everyone who is listening out there on your preferred platform for your podcast, don't forget to hit subscribe. Hey, leave us a, uh, a message there. I'd love to hear from you guys. Wait, yeah, there you go. There's the quarter. Call me. I got you. Call Jim. He's Call got me. you. We, we're excited to have you guys give us feedback. And uh, everyone who is watching us on YouTube, you hit that little bell so you get notifications of new videos coming out. We have new videos coming out every week. And then Jim's thought leadership content is on our channel as well. It's amazing stuff. So thank you guys from everyone at FM Evolution and our sponsors. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.